Good morning. How y'all doing? Yeah, about half good. All right, cool. Hey, yeah, thanks. Somebody laughed at that. I appreciate that. Hey, good morning. If you're visiting us this morning, my name is Brandon. I'm the Community of Next Steps pastor. I am so glad that you're here. If you're a regular attender, I'm really glad that you're here this morning as well. Hey, just uh, two quick things. Be sure to fill out your connection card. If you're a first-time guest with us, hold on to that card, and you can head to our cafe, free drinks on us for you and your family, and probably have a gift for you up there as well. Uh, so be sure to fill out your uh, connection cards. Also, we got a fresh batch of shirts in, the Live Love shirts. They're $5. Be sure to check that out later. And if you pre-ordered one, there's a separate table. If you head out here and to the left, there's that separate table there if you had filled one of those out. Hey, uh, I'd like uh, to pray here in just a moment. But if, uh, if you're kicking the tires on the whole Jesus thing, um, I just want you to let you know that God has a helper. Um, we, we call that helper the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, uh, depending on what your background is. But I want to invite that helper uh, into our church service this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you for just being you. Uh, you are a very consistent God in a very inconsistent world. And so, Lord, I am grateful for that. But, Lord, we invite your presence here this morning. You're the reason why, we're, why we are here, whether we realize it or not. And so, Lord Jesus, we invite your Holy Spirit to come here now. I pray that we would sense your presence, whether we have a relationship with you or not, or if we're sitting here kicking the tires about who this whole Jesus thing is, I pray that we would sense your presence this morning. So, Lord, um, no matter what our story is walking into this place, that this message that you have for us, that you would speak to us in a very clear, concise way. But, Lord, we want to just invite you here. And so, Lord, we want to worship you this morning. We want to give you the praise, the honor, and all of the glory. Would you rise with me? Make this morning about not what you can get from the service, but what you can give to your Lord, your Savior this morning as you praise him. Oh, Lord, we stand before you today as a body of believers who have been resurrected, not of this physical body, but of the spiritual one that you placed inside of us. Lord, we thank you for the way that you saved us. We can do nothing out of our own power. But daily, I'm reminded of how I need to rely on you so that my focus stays on you and my heart stays focused on the things you needed to for your will to be done in my life and the lives of the people here at Radiant Lights. We pray these things in your mighty name. Radiant Life. My name is Patricia, the Creative Arts Pastor. Here are a few things for you to mark on your calendars if you haven't already. August 5th is the Homegrown Festival. For those of you who were around last summer, you know that our worship team played at that, and they're also going to be playing there again this summer. 
August 5th. Their time slot is 3.16. Note that time. It's very biblical. But not only is the worship team going to be jamming out, the Radiant team has all kinds of other activities lined up for you to participate in. Here's just a few. 12 to 2, there's going to be face painting. 2 to 4, there's going to be some pretty epic balloon art happening. That was me tying a balloon. I, I don't know anything about balloon art, so. 4 to 6, get ready to duke it out with some bubble soccer. And from 12 to 8, which is the entire time slot, we have inflatables. Not only inflatables, but an inflatable obstacle course. So get ready to groove and worship to some pretty amazing music. And get ready to duke it out amongst the competition all the while being transformed into beautiful butterflies via face painting. I'm more of a lion person, but... On a side note, we are still looking for a few volunteers who might be willing to help man the stations. Uh, we are looking particularly for help with the inflatable station. On August 6th at 5 o'clock, we're going to have a fun-filled evening at Radiant Life. We're going to have food, because you can't really go wrong with food, unless of course it's like liver and walnuts. But. That might just be me. And we're also going to have inflatables because inflatables are awesome and volleyball and just a few other different things. So we hope that you'll make it out not only to Homegrown Festival, but the next day at Radiant Life. Again, that is 5 o'clock. Now before you get too comfortable, I want you to pull out your phones. Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Hello? Hi. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm just in the middle of doing a video right now, though. I was just getting to the part about checking in. Well, you go to like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you just click that you're at Radiant Life Church. Yeah, it's just a great way for people to know what's going on in your life and a great tool to share, share who Jesus is. Oh yeah, we have fun with it. We tell them to like take selfies and all that kind of stuff. So you got all that, right? Well, good morning, church. Good to see everyone here. Hey, real quick, what's really cool about this weekend is Saturday, our praise team is going to be there out at Oakland Park for Homegrown Festival at 316. Our team takes the stage, and it's awesome knowing that Homegrown, uh, there is going to be secular bands, and we're the only Christian band present that day. So we're just going to rock out Jesus, and Woo! it's going to be awesome. So if you can make Homegrown, Oakland Park this Saturday at 316. Our team will be there. Wear your live love. That's one of the reasons why we were invited back. Last year, our team was there, and they said, hey, your church came out like crazy and wearing these shirts, and would you like to like amp it up? And now we're amping it up because we're going to host the inflatables and, and family activities at Oakland Park. And I'm telling you, if, you if, if any of you have some anger and rage in you, you ought to come out from four to six and play bubble soccer. That is the best way to get some holy anger out. Because you just get into these bubbles and you just full blown. You don't even play soccer. You just run into people. That's all you do. So it's great. I also want to say real quickly that next Sunday night uh, at five o'clock, we're just going to hang out as a church family. We're going to play volleyball. We're going to have inflatables for the kids. We're just going to carry those inflatables over to Sunday night. We're going to grill. We're going to play some mush ball. It's just going to be a good time for the family, church family, to come together, have fun together at five o'clock next Sunday night. And then lastly, I was privileged this past week to go to City Hall and present City Hall a check of almost $6,600 from our 5K that we put on. So it was awesome. So thank you for that. 
And uh, they said, hey, this is awesome. You guys are going to do it again next year, right? I said, absolutely, and we hope to double everything. We had over 200 runners and $6,600 to the city. What would it look like next year? We have 400 runners, and we give them over 12 grand to the city. I mean, how awesome. We just want to bless and be generous to the city. And again, I didn't want newspapers there or nothing. Just hand them the check, said, hey, it's just a blessing. Do something with it, and uh, let us know what you do. It would be cool to see what you did with the money. So that's it. Well, my name's Ryan. I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Life, and we've been going through a series this summer. We're kind of getting close to the end, titled 10, and we're looking at those 10 big commandments that God gives. And if you're a Christian or you're not Christian and you don't know about this God, most people know the 10 commandments or seen movies or whatever. But I want to start out by um, how many of you are married? Let's see, raise of hands. How many are married? Wow, we got lots. Great. Well, first of all, congratulations that you're still married. But here's a picture of my wife and I. And uh, that was 11 years ago last week on this stage. Uh, My wife and I have been together actually for 17 years, married for 11 years. And uh, married life is great. And it has its struggles, As many of you know, when two sinful people are joining together, it can create chaos sometimes and battles, but it can be a huge blessing. How many of you are single? Because we know we got single. Raise them a little higher and check out each other real quick. (laughs) The best way to meet someone, I truly believe, is do you want to meet a follower of Jesus? Come to church. Right? I, I'm just telling you that's the best place to meet someone is church. And I know we have singles, we have married people, we have all over the spectrum. And this morning we're going to tackle a commandment that speaks, you're going to look at it and say, you know, that speaks really toward the married couples, but I am going to speak towards the singles as well. And some of you are probably thinking that's the commandment I did not want to hear. And the commandment says this. Found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 14. You shall not commit what? And right now, some of you are like, I just want to get up and walk out. It's too painful. We know people who have walked this path, and it hurts. And it brings back so many emotions right now. I'm going to tell you, hang in there. Hang in there. Because of all the things God could have said to put in those 10 commandments, those 10 commitments to one another. Remember, God's got, got delivered his people out of slavery 430 years there, brought them, and he's like, now you have to learn to be my people. What is it going to look like? He adds this in his top 10. So we're going to look at this and discover But before we jump in, I want to pray for us because I know emotions right now, some of them are stirring, some of us, we're just, it's fresh, some of us, it's old and you don't want emotions hacked up again, some of us are on the doorstep of this. But can, before we jump in and see what God has to say to us this morning, can I pray for you guys? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that uh, your Holy Spirit would just soften our hearts I pray if we have those emotions that come up, Father, I just pray that we give them over to you. 
And I just pray that we ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your grace. And I just pray once again, God, just begin right now to soften our heart. And if we have to be convicted, God, would you give us the strength to accept your conviction? Just speak to us this morning. We want to be transformed into your son, Jesus Christ. Would you help us do that, Holy Spirit? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. amen. We're going to pick this apart in three simple ways. Number one, I'm going to give us bad advice. Just bad advice, how to do this. Bad advice. And then I'm going to give us godly advice on how can we protect ourselves and protect other people. So here's bad advice number one. Neglect your marriage. Turn to someone and say, don't do that. Neglect your marriage, right? Instead of putting all your effort and time into your marriage or into relationships, put it into hobbies, put it into fishing, put it into hunting, put it into fitness and working out, put it into social media. Just neglect your marriage altogether. In fact, don't even share emotions. Keep the door quiet. Don't share your heart with your spouse. Just share it with someone else. And in fact, just spend all your effort outside of the house. Neglect your marriage. Bad advice number one is what? Let's read this together. Neglect your marriage. And the issue is some of us right now are here. Some of us were like, I could do better at that. I could do better. Here's bad advice number two. Form an emotional bond with someone else. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't do that. <laughs> Form an emotional bond with someone else. In fact, just why don't you just forget your spouse and find a, someone attractive, someone interesting, and begin to share common interests and emotions with them. And then just work your way and anticipate time now with them. You know, you know when they go to the water cooler, meet them there. Maybe, maybe brush up on them and you get those woohoo, you know, little things inside your belly, little butterflies. And, and, and if you're a follower of Jesus, say, I, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. You don't want to do that. But so often, when many people come to the altar and say, for richer or poorer, for better or worse, and you devote everything, no one sits there and says, I can't wait to betray you someday. We don't ever make that assumption. But we, for many of us, and we know people, we find ourselves there. We neglect our marriage, or we begin to form an emotional bond with someone else. You got to turn to your neighbor and say, don't do that. They need to know. Here's bad advice number three. Rationalize your actions. Make every excuse why you're going down that path, right? Blame your spouse. Well, she doesn't respect me. Well, he doesn't love and cherish me. And God wants me happy, right? I'm not happy, and God wants me happy. Rationalize your actions. Make every excuse why you're walking down the path that you never meant to walk down. Now, of course, those are three just awful bad advice. But did you know that according to the uh, American Journal of Psychology and Christianity, that 90% of the world, 
That's 7 billion people in the world. 90% of them, whether you're a Christian, a follower of Jesus, or you're a non-believer, 90% of the world believes adultery is wrong. It's just wrong. According to that study, 65% of husbands will commit adultery. 55% of wives will commit adultery. Just turn to your neighbor and say, wow. I can see you guys are all like, wow. Wow, right? Here's the thing. The church ought to be the place where it begins to revolutionize our marriages. It ought to happen within these four walls. The church ought to be the example to the world on what a marriage is to look like. Now again, do we get it perfect? No. We make mistakes. We have what I call intense fellowship, right? Where we argue with our spouse and we feel like everything's caving in and blowing up. And we have challenges in our marriages. But the great thing is there's blessings in our marriages as well. So I want to look at three godly advice now. What does God say? What does Jesus say about our marriages and about our relationships so we don't fall into the seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery? So here we go. Godly advice number one. Radically reduce the risks. Can we say this together? Are you ready? Radically reduce the risks. One more time. Radically reduce the risks. We have to do everything and our power to reduce the risk that we even go down that line of having an affair or an adultery. Everything. And the Bible talks about sin, and in our lives, sin, we're to fight sin and resist sin. But when it comes to sexual sin, Scripture tells us we are to flee from it. Get your little hiney out of there. Don't even stay close. It's the only sin that Scripture tells us. God's Word says, run away from it. And I want to speak to men real quick because I I, I can relate to you. I'm not a woman. I'm a man. So let me speak to you. We think we're tougher than what we are. You got to run away from sexual sin. You can't battle it alone. And guys, so often we think we can. We need one another in this area. This is where believers, followers of Jesus can rally around one another and help them. We live in a sexualized culture today, and we need one another. Reduce the risks. In fact, the writer of Proverbs in chapter 5, we're going to look at, it's a father writing to his son. And here's what he says in Proverbs chapter 5, verse 8. Keep, a, keep to a path, what church? Far from her. And he doesn't say, hey, flirt with her and be right there at her. Keep far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. And that's what he's writing. Can you, I mean, you see that? He's saying, son, get out of Dodge. Don't go near that stuff. It's the only sin we're warned about to flee from is sexual sin. We got to get out of there. And in fact, what we do often in our lives is we look at this commandment and we think, There's an action here that once we do the act and cross that line, we've broken this commandment of adultery and affair and whatever. But in fact, we're told to flee from that line of sin so much and go so far over here that before we even commit the act, 
the sin begins in our heart and in our minds. We don't just have a sin issue. We have a problem where the line of sin is. And the line of sin is not the act. It's all the way over here and in our hearts and in our minds. Look what Jesus has to say in Matthew. Jesus is going to speak to the crowd, and this is what he says. Jesus' words, you have heard that it was said, can we read this together? You shall not commit adultery. Jesus' direct quote from Exodus chapter 20, verse 14, he quotes the seventh commandment. And as he speaks to the crowd, he's saying, you've heard this thing, right, crowd? And they're probably like, yep, we got it. And then Jesus says, but I tell you, this is, oh, snap. Jesus is going to take what we thought and elevate this thing. He says, but I, but I tell you that anyone who, let's read those five words together, looks at a woman lustfully has already, and let's read that, committed adultery with her in his heart. Do you see what Jesus is doing? He's not, he said, you heard it was said, when you cross that line here and have an affair, actually do the physical act, you've heard that you shouldn't do that. But I tell you, I'm over here, and you've already committed that sin right here in your heart if you even look at another woman lustfully. Whoa. For many of us, we sit there and be like, man, I broke that several times. Jesus takes this so serious. He says, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out then. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut off your right hand. Now, obviously Jesus is speaking in hyperbole, or we would have a bunch of cyclop one-handed people walking around all the time. It's hyperbole. But what is Jesus getting at? You see how serious sexual sin is. And Jesus is saying, it's better for you to lose parts of your body than be engaging in this sin. We have to radically reduce the risks in our lives. So what does that look like? Let me give you just a couple snippets. Number one, keep a growing relationship with Jesus. Keep a growing relationship with Jesus. Get into God's word every single day morning, afternoon, night, whenever. Get into God's word. Get it, let it transform you, let it sink in, marinate on it, say, all right, God, what are you gonna teach me this morning that I need? And then share it with your spouse. My wife and I, we've gotten off track just this last couple weeks, but um, how many of you are more independent studiers? Like, I, I prefer just alone time in, in God's word. How many of you are that? Yeah, you're like me. I, I don't, my wife and I don't do devotions together. I'm an independent studier. But what we'll do at night before we go to bed is just share what we've learned. Like, okay, hey, hon, what, what'd you do in devotions? And then she'll share and she'll ask me and I'll tell her, hey, what do you think of this? This is what's wrecking me a little bit. And that's where we share some time together. But do that. Pray together. You know, nine out of ten followers of Jesus, couples, Christian couples do not pray together. Nine out of ten. And I mean intimate prayer time. I don't just mean we're praying over the meal. Yeah, we pray together. No, literally praying together. My wife and I, we don't pray together every day. We try a couple times a week to pray together where we're holding hands, literally praying for one another and praying for things of our family and just God's will to be done. But what would it look like if you begin to just grab your spouse's hand and just start praying together? Start doing something that 
90% of Christians aren't doing. Radically transform that. Reduce the risks. Don't talk bad about your spouse. Don't go on social media and rant about your spouse. Right? And so many of us feel like that's what Facebook's for. It's not. And yes, you're going to get responses. That's why we probably go to Facebook, because we want responses. But we'll get responses in ways that we don't want. And we'll start to make that emotional connection with people. And we don't want it. Don't go to Facebook and rant about your spouse. Surround yourself with strong marriages. I just read a blog that you are as smart as the five people you surround yourself with the most. So be careful who you're hanging out with. Now, now so many of you are like, okay, yeah, he needs to go. She needs to go. <laughs> five. What does it look like if we surround our marriages with the same five strong marriages to have an impact on us? Some of us know marriages, you're like, man, we really got to just maybe not, not spend time, but just begin to cut time a little bit because their marriage is not influencing our marriage in a healthy way. We have to radically reduce the risks. And lastly, how else can we do this? Avoid inappropriate places. If you go on a business trip and there's six of you, half male, half female, and you've got a hotel and you've got the conference the next day and your team's like, hey, we're going to go to the bar and have some drinks. You want to come? It may not be the most opportune time to go with your team. You may want to say, hey, I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm going to go up into my room. I'll see you in the morning. That may be the wiser choice to do. But we got to radically reduce the risks in our marriages. Amen? Got to do it. And singles, you're sitting back saying, yeah, go after the married people this week. I get it off. Not so much. If you had a camera on your life, big brother was watching you 24-7, would your future spouse saying, I want to marry them because of the way that they have a holy, pure life? Is the way you're living now God-honoring? Or would your future spouse look at that camera and say, what am I getting into? I thought I knew that person, and I don't. So you're not off the hook either. All right? So one more time, let's repeat godly advice number one. Let's go together. Radically reduce the risks. Godly advice number two if we're not going to stumble on that seventh commandment, is passionately invest in your marriage. Passionately invest in your marriage. The writer of Proverbs in chapter 5, he continues his letter to his son, and he says this, and this is, this is awesome. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, May her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be, what's this word, church? Intoxicated with her love. My, why, my son, be what, church? Why be intoxicated with another man's wife? Listen, if you think it's greener, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, it's time to start watering your own lawn. We can't always expect. What we'll do is we'll neglect it. And because we neglect it, we think that thing's dying, and we turn over here and say, ooh, it's greener. Water your own lawn. Passionately invest. 
Couples, read Song of Songs, Song of Solomon, man. If they made that into a movie, that's an X-rated movie in the Bible. It's serious. It is passionate-filled. It is crazy. Singles, don't read it till you're married. All right, just avoid that one. But couples, get together and read that thing. You'll be writing me letters, thanking me later, all right? I promise you, just read that thing. Be intoxicated. And this word intoxicated that the dad uses two times, here it is. And in the Hebrew, that the original language that Proverbs is written, it means shagah. Let me hear you say shagah. Shagah. Shagah means this, to be ravished, captivated, enraptured, or consumed. You see what our marriages are supposed to be? That your spouse, you are to be so shagah. You are to be ravished and captivated and raptured and consumed by your spouse. It's the same language as a dead prey here and a predator comes and devours it. And so many of us are like, amen, yeah, right? Shagah. Some of you need a little more shagah in your marriage. You can say amen to that too. It's all right. It's church. Safe place. Shagah. So how do we live this out? We got to passionately invest in your marriage. Get time alone. Find somewhere in your schedule. Get time alone. At least one time, if not twice a month. My goal with my wife is at least once a month we have date night. Do we always do it? No, but it, we, we try so hard to just get away from the kids and just go out. And can I say, a movie is not a date night. What are you doing at the movie theater? You're staring at a screen for two hours. It's not a date night, right? A date night is one-on-one. -on -one, you're, you're actually looking at the other person, not a screen or text messaging. You know, it's like personal, and you're there one-on-one. -on -one. Now, can you use a movie during the date night? Absolutely. But don't just make the movie your date night. You got to get that time alone where it's the two of you. Get spiritual. Get time alone. Get spiritual. Get into things. Ask them how they're doing spiritually and get naked. All right? You can laugh. Come on. This, church, this, is, this is the Bible, though, man. I'm not speaking out of line. This is Jesus. We ought to have the most passionate marriages in the world coming from the church. We ought to be the light of what marriages should look like. Do we get it right all the time? No, but let's try every day to wake up and say, I want some more shagah in my marriage. All right? Get time alone, get spiritual, get physical. There you go. All right? Passionately invest in your marriage. Man, we, whoa, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you. That ought to be played out in our marriages. Man, we ought to have the most passionate, love-filled, joyful marriages on the face of this planet if you're a follower of Jesus. Man, what happens if we start living like that and being and living that way? But it takes time. You're going to have to invest. And it may have conversations where you're talking to someone and your spouse, and it may hurt sometimes to have this conversation. But it's better to get it out there than just to sweep it under the rug and say, we're fine. We're fine. So let's read this one together one last time. Passionately invest in your marriage. Godly advice number three for to stay away from that commandment and live in our relationships that we're supposed to. Visualize the potential destruction. 
visualize what it may look like. If you started going down that path, your kids and your grandkids, your nieces and your nephews, and imagine sitting there having to tell your kids why you're walking out on them. Because no one plans on betraying someone. We just end up walking down that line and we find ourselves there and we look back and say, I don't even know how I got here. And in Proverbs, look what he says, the writer in Proverbs, back to the dad, writing to the son. For the lips of the adulterous woman, or you can say man, drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go where, church? Down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. Just imagine what it's like to sit there and share that. Because I didn't invest in my marriage and we did stupid things and I just walked that path of destruction. Sitting down and telling everyone. And here's the hard thing. For some of us, we have been betrayed. It just breaks your heart to hear a message all over again because those emotions are flooding your mind and flooding your heart again and it absolutely breaks your heart and it breaks God's heart and it breaks my heart as well. And some of you, you were that betrayer. And you're like, Ryan, I didn't want guilt to come back. I'm trying to leave that alone and I made a mistake and it's in my past And I want you to know, in Jesus, there is no judgment. There is no condemnation. When we go into true, deep repentance, your heavenly Father says you are forgiven. God's grace is bigger than your act. Some of us, we still sit there and say, but they've been unfaithful. I've been unfaithful. I want to finish with this last slide. Even when we are unfaithful, we make those mistakes and we're reminded our spouse has been unfaithful. Even when we are unfaithful, God is faithful. Your God will never leave you, never forsake you. Your heavenly Father loves you so deeply. You are a child of God. You are resurrected from the ashes of defeat. You are a new creation And even if you've been unfaithful, you are forgiven in Jesus Christ. Repentance means I'm walking this way and I have completely turned and I am new walking away. It's a U-turn. But I want you to know your God is able to redeem anything that's been broken in your life. And what I love is, yes, committing adultery is biblical grounds for divorce. It is. It's really hard to not argue that. It's scriptural. But adultery is also biblical grounds of forgiveness and reconciliation. And our God is able to do anything greater than what we can imagine. So radically reduce the risks. Invest in your marriage. Invest passionately in your marriage. And visualize the destruction. 
and always be remembered even when we are unfaithful. Your heavenly Father is right there faithful. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for every single marriage in this room. I pray that we would just live out your godly advice knowing that that line of sin isn't just at the action of adultery. It's way before. It's in our hearts and it's in our minds and it's in our eyes and it begins with lust way before the act. God, would you just give us strength to live into that? God, would you just give strength to those right now who are just flooded with emotions? Would you just speak to them? And if anyone's not in full repentance, I pray, Holy Spirit, you just shake their heart. And for those that are on the footsteps of an affair, God, would you wreck their heart and realize what they're about to do? And I pray for true repentance. God, would you put a hedge of protection around our marriages? Because we know the enemy is out to steal and destroy and wreck havoc. I pray for a, a God-anointing blessing upon our marriages that you would protect it like no other. And I pray for the single people that they would just be anointed by your Holy Spirit for purity, saving themselves for an awesome blessing in the future in the marriage, uh, just what you have in store as far as marriage. God, would you just pour out your spirit in marriages here? May we reflect your relationship with the church to the world. And God, would you help us be a light, a passionate light to the world. What marriage can be. It's a beautiful thing, and we mess it up often. And God, we need you in our marriages more than ever. And I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I'm Josh. I'm the student ministries pastor. We're going to change gears a little bit here this morning. In a minute, we're going to have the ushers come forward. But last week, it was really cool. Pastor Ryan shared some really great things that Radiant Life was recognized for at our district conference. Uh, and, and as we go into the offering and, and tithe time, I think sometimes we think, oh, man, like the church is always asking for money, always asking for money. But where in the world does it go? Well, I don't know if you've been here, you know, since the first of the year, you probably noticed that we did several fundraisers uh, for NTS camp. Earlier this month, we took our crew of teens down to NTS, and uh, today we wanted to share a video so as, a, as part of our thank you uh, to those of you who generously contributed to that trip. Uh, but just, this is one, and in the future, you're going to be seeing more of these. This is just one clip today of, of kind of some of the things that God is doing in the lives of our students uh, and as part of their going to NTS. So let's watch this video here a second. NTS this year uh, was a very deeply personal experience between me and God. Um, but to keep it brief, uh, I really felt him. I felt him there, you know, and I heard him talking to me. I guess, yeah, to keep it brief, like I said, uh, I really am feeling called to ministry rest of my life, and, you know, I was just presented with the opportunity to start something in the community that I'm really looking forward to doing. And again, that's just, that's one story. You're going to be seeing more in the future, just the things that are going on, and this is based largely in, in the giving. You're able to contribute to the, the spiritual growth of these students. Tithing, which, and if you're not familiar with that word, it just means a tenth. 
It's a spiritual discipline. It's a way that we bring back to God what is his. And he rewards that in a variety of ways. We see that in the lives of people. We see that in the number of salvations that Pastor Ryan talked about last week, the number of baptisms in the, the students' lives that are being changed. So ushers, if you want to come down. As the plate goes past, we'll then stand. We're going to close out with one last song. This is a good time to chuck your connection card in there. Unless you're a first-time guest, then take your connection card to the cafe. We've got a gift bag for you. Hook you up with a free drink. It'll be good. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for all that you give to us, that you are faithful. Lord, we ask that we would remain faithful in honoring you in all areas of our life. Lord, we just ask that you receive what we bring back to you this morning. I pray this in your name. Not gonna lie, that message, there's tension. So whether we have been the recipient of adultery, whether we're on the doorstep of committing adultery, whether we've committed adultery, our God is able to restore everything in our life. Does anybody believe that here this morning? Amen. I believe it. We celebrate an empty cross because Jesus conquered death. And in that power, we are able to be restored. We just need to trust in Him. So I pray that we as a body would live in that power. Reminder, homegrown, next week, lift, uh, love shirts, $5 out in the lobby. Be sure to get yours. Represent well, church. Let's be radiant community.